doing how's it going hope all is well in your uh, little world or big world however you interpret the world i wanted to knock out a podcast prior to the incoming next 10 days or so that i'll have to deal with um i'll be moving and this is most likely the last podcast at the old crib uh i bought my fair share of properties in my life and um and you learn a little each time you buy a new property. And I always tell people, don't don't expect perfection after you buy your first property. You know, and that's you know, people talk about buyer's remorse because once you buy a property and you live in it for a little while, you can look back and say, man, I shouldn't have bought it because of this or I should have looked more or whatever. Once you apply hindsight, which is 2020, you know, they say it's 2020, so, um, you're not good, you're not going to get the perfect purchase the first time, it's just, it's just not gonna happen, because you are not necessarily going to know what you want in a house, um, until you actually live in it, and you, and you experience the pros and cons, so, I've experienced the pros and cons many times because I've bought a lot. So, um, this is the first time where I actually bought a place with a concept of what I want because I, I'm usually a minimist, minimalist. I would go look at a place and, and I would just decide, ah, it's good enough, right? It's kind of big. It's just me. I have a bunch of books and a desk and a chair and a printer and a, a fan and an AC that just went on. Um, so yeah, uh, this is the first time I kind of um, went into a purchase knowing what I want instead of just kind of nilly-willy like, like, yeah, it's good enough. This will work. You know, that's how I bought, I don't know how many properties, seven, eight, whatever. Um... So yeah, as long as I have my books, a desk, a bed, I'm pretty good. So um, I never really needed a bunch of shit before. And if you can live like that, I'd recommend it. You don't, People don't need as much shit as they think they do. Um, how many clothes do you wear relative to how many clothes you have? You know, and you probably... Uh, don't wear as much clothes as you have. I mean, that's probably one of the craziest ratios in America. Clothes you have relative to what you wear. So, yeah. This time, I specifically sought out a place where I could have this podcast because this is one of my uh, favorite things to do. I'd, I, but I want to have, like, two or three people and we just, like, talk shit to each other and record it and put it up. Hopefully, I uh, give somebody a good laugh or... Um, change their perspective or something. I don't know. 
So I had to filter viewing my properties uh, through the framework of podcast space. So uh, I would look at a bunch of places and be like, ah, oh, it's not going to work because it doesn't have the space I need. And I don't even know if I want like the podcast to be on a couch and love chair type of situation, like how Dax Shepard does or like a, or like a large desk, like how Joe Rogan does. But I have the space now to fuck around a bit. And, um, yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite things to do right now. Podcast is pretty fun. So I understand that this is like work to some degree, but I kind of like it. So it doesn't really feel like work. I got to like go through the questions and filter them and oftentimes edit the questions because they don't make sense or they won't read, um, verbatim the way I want them to read. So I have to edit. And, uh, yeah, it kind of work. It takes, like, I don't know, 90 minutes to put one of these fucking things together. 90 minutes just to, like, start it, and then it's, like, an hour just to go through. I think I've put, I don't know, 12. This is episode number 13. So, yeah, I'll have, I'll have to move, and uh, I'll have to move two other units as well, which will cause stress, so... Alongside the new job, homework, uh, this fucking thing is like a crazy girlfriend, and I've been hustling, so. Last podcast at the crib, uh, looking around the place. It's a bummer, but I've been moving like every two years or so. Buy a place, fix it up, live in it for a while, sell that fucking thing. I've been timing the market pretty good, too. I don't know how I, uh, I got good at timing, I'm not sure how or why I got good at it. Um, I locked in a recent interest rate at four and a quarter, which is really good now. I know people are locking in today at five. So uh, I know that the interest rate raised only like one time during the Obama administration. What are, we're like at four or five raises now during Trump's administration. So the interest rate historically has leveled off the housing market and... Um, you know, everybody's saying by 2020 the housing will drop. So, if I move now, 2018 going into 2019, if I move again like 2020, 2021, the ratio of moving every two or three years uh, is, is sustained over a long period of time. So, I can project I'll move again, you know, about 2020, 2021 time frame. And if the market crashes at that time, but interest rate is high. Might not even crash. Might, yeah, I know people are saying it'll be more like a slow leak rather than a bubble bursting like the 2008 financial crisis. So either way, I'll get another good deal. Um, my property appraised higher than what we got it for because I had wrapped that thing up in a crazy business negotiation. And uh, I always tell people, even in relationship, I seem to be giving a lot of relationship advice on here. Um, find your non-negotiables and then negotiate from that point forward, right? So, like, how much are you willing to spend? What is your bottom line? And don't deviate from that line. Same thing with the relationship, right? So, um, if you're trying to enter a relationship, but you, I don't know, um... I can't think. Can't even think of something trivial right now. Say if you don't eat meat. I don't know. I eat meat, but 
If you don't eat meat and you're only willing to date a person who doesn't eat meat, um, but you like a person and you try to like make some justifications in your head, um, and you negotiate from one of your non-negotiables, most of the times people end up miserable. So what are your non-negotiables? What are you 100% willing to not negotiate? And then negotiate from that way forward. And I wasn't willing to spend more than a quarter mil. Um, and we brought the property down significantly. And um, we went back and forth on what the price should be. And I, I said, listen, this is my number. And if you don't like my number, thanks um for talking to me and um, i'm sorry for wasting your time so they essentially told me like fuck you the number's too low there's no way we're going to blah 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 right because she wants to protect her client right she wants to get her client the most money possible and i want to save the most money possible so we are at war in a sense of numbers and she essentially came back to me and said you know what we will take your number uh, let's get this party started. But little did we know of the nightmare that had uh, came after that. So let's not get into that now. Anyway, I started the podcast in this condo with uh, a girl from Ukraine. Her name is Aida Nikolaychuk. Um, one of my favorite singers, probably top five. And I wanted to, since this is the last episode in this crib, I got to get the internet and everything fucking switched over uh, to the other place. I don't know, next week or something, I'll call everybody and get everything scheduled. Um, yeah, so I wanted to end with her. It seemed right. Even though I wanted to, there was another song I really wanted to play for this podcast, but fuck it. I'll uh, play Aida. It seems like it's the right thing to do. So this song is called Musica. The... The first episode I played was uh, Diamond Notch, so here is Musica by Aida. Um, I found this song from Instagram, uh, I follow her on Instagram, and she was doing a live version of this video, and she was just killing it, because her voice in real life is amazing, so much so that when she went on uh, like some Got Talent or X Factor show, they stopped her because they thought she was cheating like she was using like some kind of auto-tune or some cheating like device so what they did was they said we want you to sing a cappella. we want you to not have the music because we feel like the music has some kind of voice enhancer uh, built into it uh, so they shut the music off and she started singing for them and her voice was just as fucking crazy so one of my favorite singers um, I have a ton of her songs. This is the second time a, a sex, uh, same artist is on the show. So, Musica, Aida, Nicole, Chuck, uh, enjoy. I'll be right back. Когда со стрелами дождя В мое окно стучит печаль Есть в целом мире только я Заплака на окне Опять тускнеют витражи 
остаюсь наедине со звуками души. No idea what it means, right? Um, my interpretation of that song is like uh, every time it like comes on shuffle on in my car. I think she's saying, and I'm just guessing here because I don't speak uh, Putin. Um, like the music will take you away, away the music, uh, like embrace the music, and it'll set you free. That's kind of. Um, the note, the narrative of I, I get from that song. So, yeah. I was looking through the notes of my last podcast, and I recall, you know, how much of a pain in the ass underwriters can be. And there's a note here to talk about this deal a bit, but ah, oh man, it's encompassed my life in the, for the past month, and I don't really want to talk about it. Um, I wrote about it on, um, 
manlysuits.com on the the link that'll have this podcast. So I think it's uh I build the URL so manlysuits.com slash podcast I think and then uh, TMSS dash might be dash thirteen. I don't know if it's a dash or a dot. I should know this, but I don't. So, a bunch of sake in, and I don't give a fuck. So, here we are. Yep. I'll just get into these questions. It's kind of a short introduction, 16 minutes in, so. Whatever, man. Just my uh, Charles Manson voice. You don't know me, man. I didn't kill those people, man. Alright, this is from Antares1. Hi, with an exclamation point. This will be a lot to read. Oh, good God. I really don't want to read a lot. Okay, so I appreciate if you could take your time and read everything. Nope, I'm gonna fucking blast through your stupid question. To make it easier, the girl I'm dating is Chris. <laughs> Thanks for making it easier. Is she easier? The guy you are going to read about is Tobey. Tobey! <laughs> like the goblin from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings? Is it Lord of the Rings? Or, um, yeah, it is Lord of the Rings. Tobey. Um, and the girl who hosted the party is Julia. What the fuck, dude? Are you setting up... What Am, am I being casted for a movie? Okay, so, what? Your name is Antares1. And there's a girl named Chris. There's a guy named Tobby. And a girl named Julia. Alright, here we go. You have been dating this girl since the start of 2018. She is 17. And I will be 18. Rape! Rape! Fucking rape! <laughs> and we'll be 18. Oh no, she is 17 and will be 18 in a few weeks. And I am 22 years old. Yeah, definitely legal, man. Um, most, you know, we fucking say that's illegal, but somebody could be 50 and 25, 50 dating a 25 and nobody bats an eye. Most of my friends give me hate because I should not date a younger woman. Younger woman? Woman? She's a girl, bitch. 17 years old is a fucking girl. All I ask for is help and not hate. Sorry, you're gonna get hate. It is the two things that are bothering me. She in, okay. She invited me to a party, but I told her I would be late because I had other things to do. So while I was busy doing other things, she sends me a video on Snapchat of her playing with Tubby's hair. What? Why would she send that? For me, that was not okay. Imagine if I wasn't there, she could have slept with him. Or uh, she even said that she once slept with him at a party. Alright, so she's playing with some dude's hair that she slept with before. And she sends that video to you. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck, dude? If she's like that at 17, man, she's gonna be a very interesting person at like 30. At 30 with Tobey. Um, okay, fuck, I lost my place. Um, uh, she met at a party a while ago that, dude, this is too funny. This girl is just, she has power over you already. Just, just the, the confidence in her sending that to you. 
Uh, like, what was she staring at? Was she staring at the camera while they recorded? So she's playing with his hair and staring at the camera like, man, this girl is fucking confident. All right. Julia. Julia is the host of many parties. Got it. Ugh. Now, when the party was over, everyone went to bed and I slept beside Chris. Chris was stroking me by my arm and wanted me often by her side. Okay, what? Alright, so she sent you a video on Snapchat and then you showed up to the party because you were jealous? You said, oh, hell no. My girl, my 17-year-old girlfriend ain't playing with no dude's hair named Tabe. So, I'm gonna fucking show up at Julia's party and unfuck this shit. Alright, I'm tracking. Man, I like this story. Okay. I did not make a move or take her clothes off. It just got intimate. Alright, so dry humping. Check. So in the morning, she used her foot to push me aside, which I take it as I was too close on her or that she didn't feel comfortable with me. Here's what I'm thinking. She might test me of how sh far she can go before making me jealous. Maybe. And are Tabby... Is Tabby still having sex with Chris? Why is Chris acting like that now when she was not like this before? Also, it could be just me overthinking, but we're not sure if Tommy and Chris is still sleep. Okay, they might be fucking. Who cares? I won't jump to conclusions too fast. One thing is for sure, I will not say sorry because when I come across- What the fuck is happening, man? I'm getting angry on this first question. Alright, she's fucking 17, bro. She's gonna be fucking crazy. You were crazy at 17. You're fucking crazy at 22. Being all jealous and shit of some girl. Ugh. What is your name, man? I wish I had your fucking name. I would post your shit on Facebook and be like, Get your fucking shit together, Antares 1. Alright, man. People are crazy when they're young. They're gonna make fucking mistakes that you're gonna perceive as mistakes. But... It's all a learning experience. You get OJT, on-the-job training, in life, in relationship. You're supposed to make all your stupid mistakes as a teenager in early 20s and late 20s. And for most people, not most people, but a lot of people, 30s too. I've seen people fucking make mistakes at 40s and 50s. So, if just fucking run away. Run away from me, baby. Is that Kanye song? Run away. If you fucking are not into this fucking leave she's and like this she's gonna fucking control your life it seems like um i would run focus on you um get your degree or whatever you're trying to do become an expert at your job um be the most valuable person and whatever you do you're gonna start a business you're gonna do whatever the fuck you want focus on you for you to waste your energy on this girl is ridiculous um yeah so, you're ridiculous. <clears throat> From LAB Lab Runner, LABRNR. Man, I get so angry. I got a stuffy nose from the first question. Hello, here is a bit of background. I am 43 years old. Yes, somebody older. Thank the fucking gods, the Nordic gods. All right, this dude is 43 years old and has. Three wonderful children. Ah, wonderful children. Prefaced it with an adjective, so 
I assume uh, some dark shit is about to come up in this sentence. Alright. Married and divorced twice. Divuya <laughs> oh. called it. Two years ago, I recommended with an old love seven years younger. No, I reconnected. My intuition told me it would not work because I had no interest in having more children. And, okay. Alright. So, you wasn't sure if you wanted more children with this girl. I'm summing this up because this is a fucking long one. Um, not sure if you want to have kids with this girl. Um, you went against your better judgment and had a kid with her. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward two years. Lo and behold. Um, cannot ignore it. Okay. Where is your question? Alright, we tried to get pregnant. Oh, okay, so you got convinced to have a kid. And... Um, we went through a devastating miscarriage and many failed attempts. Uh, what else? We are at the point... We have acknowledged that it is what it is, and maybe we aren't meant to be together. So, you're going to be older, right? And shit's going to be complicated. And now you're hitting some kind of depression, right? Here's her. I am having a hard time accepting this, as I know the love and compassion we have for each other. I feel like a failure again. I just can't seem to make the right choices when it comes to love. I'm trying to tell myself that everything happens for a reason, and this too shall pass. It's just so hard and I have such emotional breakdowns that I find it hard to go on with daily life. Depression. This is all here. I am feeling devastated that I have opened my children to another heartbreak. Yeah, that's the thing about women, man. Even when I date women now, like, if I date a girl my age, I just... She's going to have kids, right? And, and, and it's just, that's just the reality, like... More often than not, a girl my age will have kids. That's just how it is. So, and I'm torn. I, I, I'm torn because um, I, I empathize. Not empathize, but I feel as though I empathize, even though it's impossible for me to empathize with a, a, a lioness, let's call it. A lion, a single mom. A single mom is essentially a lioness because she's working and... Um, she's, you know, trying to get her shit together and, uh, she has to provide for the kids and especially if she has a fucking no good, uh, baby daddy, then she has, to, she has a lot on her plate. So when I date a girl with a kid, it's, uh, it's, um, troubling for me because say I like the girl and we're on whatever date number and you know we she talks about her kid you know it's it's her kid it's like everything she lives for is her kid so she's gonna bring her bring the kid up and i'm genuinely interested but i i I like to know about people raising kids because if people don't raise kids then this whole fucking earth population things come to a screeching halt so people have to raise kids um in fact, raising kids is probably the most important thing on this planet. So, I'm highly interested in the way people raise kids. Um, the problem I have is it, the relationship will most likely go nowhere, mostly due to me. And 
I know that meeting your kid will, generally speaking, be negative because I'm just going to disappear. So, yeah, I've, I've learned the hard way, you know, meet the kid and like all this stuff and by the, you know, Christmas and everything. So, and then all of a sudden, you know, I have to go somewhere for work and I just vanish and the communication gets lost and it's traumatic. I can see that it's traumatic. So I feel bad for girls that um, frequently inundate their kids with random men and hopefully girls have uh, a stringent filtering process prior to men meeting their children. So that's off topic. Anyway, I'm feeling devastated that I have opened my children to another heartbreak as well that they have all bonded with my partner exactly what I was talking about. I feel guilty and a failure as a mother and partner. See, that's why. I have read all the tips about leaving, about learning to love yourself and feeling the pain instead of pushing it away. I will be purchasing a book to read. Haven't decided which one yet. If anyone has a recommendation, please share a recommendation about a good book. The One Thing by Gary Keller. And uh, I forget the other person that wrote. It was co-authored. It's probably one of the first books that come to mind when it comes to your story because that book will essentially tell you what is the one thing that will help you um, with all the other things in your life. So I guess what I'm looking for are people to connect with, to talk to during this difficult time. What was her name again? Lil Wode? Lil Wode! Lab Runner, 43 years old. I wish you all the best, Lab Runner. Hopefully uh, things work out. Things generally work out, so I think you're gonna be fine. From Leah R. I have posted here in the last couple of months about my relationship issues. Man, so many relationship issues nowadays. My generation, we were all about getting out of the rat race and this new generation is all about like connecting with people. They don't, they will work if they, you know, they will work, 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 work if they feel like they like the work and it has some purpose. So it's interesting because I thought my generation was the right way, but then you look at another generation and you look at the studies and the research that uh, encompasses that generation and you learn very rapidly that um, there is no right way to live. So it's all just kind of uh, relative based on cultural, societal, and uh, when you were born. Okay, back to this question. Uh, Leah, her question. I ended it because I was just becoming too much. It was becoming too much. He said something that really made me wonder what the future would truly be like. He called me possessive, mental, and told me that I wouldn't get anyone else. He made me feel like his parents were always number one. He made me feel like he didn't respect himself and my family and more things. I tried to move on, but in my head, I only remember those things. Of course, you only remember the negative things. That's just, that's everybody. Everybody only remembers negative stuff because it's, it's the most emotionally traumatic. He is Indian. I don't know why that matters, but whatever. What kind of dot or feather? We met on a cruise ship and all was good in the beginning. These last few months have slid down though. Also, 
I never mentioned before, but we did actually get married, okay? Officially on paper, yes, but not the big ceremony. We did it to process the paperwork to get him here. Ah! It, dot in the end. Red dot. Green dot. Red dot. I remember they, when I went to Nepal, they put the dot on me, and I took a picture. I thought it was pretty cool. They called me Sergeant Mote. There, Mote means fat. Because I was, like, really fat. But, you know, they're really skinny. And I was fat. I was, like, 210, 220. I was a big boy. I don't know. I'm, like, 185 now. I'd like to be, like, one. I don't know, 75. I 100% don't feel he used me to get into Canada. There was never those red flags there. Unless he was more clever than some, but I never felt that. I felt we had a true relation. Oh, okay. Motherfucker wanted in Canada. But a few months back, he made a comment we aren't even married, which stung me so hard. I know we did it more for the paperwork, and then next year or two we'd officially do the big thing, but even before this coming, he used me to call his wife, or address me as Mrs. his last name, so I felt like, yes, we did it for the paperwork. Alright, so what is your... Uh, question. Okay, blah, 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 blah. It just makes my blood boil to think about my last trip to India. Three weeks and we did nothing, so really this all started to boil a year ago. It finally boiled over and needed to put a stop because I didn't feel like me anymore. So any advice to me? He was my longest relationship. He was my future and now he's gone. And I feel this is best. I need to take a fresh year and rebuild myself. Alright. First of all, it seems as though you got fucking catfished. He moved into Canada. And... You got shafted. Uh-huh. How'd you guys meet? You don't put that on here, do you? Yeah. So, a part of me wants to blame you because you fucking listened to that uh, email. Like, are you looking for love? Like, nobody opens those emails, you crazy person. So, yeah. Hey, I think I got a good deal for you, um... One of your relatives died in Nigeria, and you're related to them. Um, don't ask for the history because I'm not going to give it to you. But if you send me $5,000, I will make sure all of his possessions, your dead ancestor, cousin, whatever, from Nigeria, uh, gives you $100,000. But I need your $5,000 or whatever I said earlier. Um, so we can process all the legal documents. So yeah, go ahead and send me that. And uh, I'll ensure that you get the $50,000 back. Which will be a $45,000 return for you. So yes, please. Alright, from Veg Farmer. My partner and I run a business together. You know, whenever people use partner and I, I feel like they're uh, gay. Um, I think we should get rid of that word. You should just use husband. If you're a dude and you married to another dude or you're dating him, you should say boyfriend. Like, your partner is like, give it like a sense of pretentiousness. Nobody cares, man. Like, we're fucking over it. Um, use boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, be free, man. My partner and I run a business together and also recently purchased property together. Nice. 
I've been aware for a while now that I am very unhappy in the relationship and I've tried to leave in the past. He becomes extremely angry. Okay, so guy, guy, I'm gonna guess. And we cannot talk through the splitting process. He has managed to convince me that my desire to leave is irrational and has absolutely refused to break up. It feels like if I want to leave him, I need to totally abandon all of the assets from the business and lose my investment in our land. Does anyone have any experience with this? I love my work so much, but it is to the point that I am ready to choose my emotional well-being over the business. Leave! Leave the fucking business. You don't name the business. You don't uh, say how long you guys been doing it. Um, you don't have any kind of monetary uh, income or um, information here, so... Fucking leave, dude. Veg farmer. Veg farmer. You guys own a farm? Fucking bell. You're not happy? Bell. You can always rebuild. Uh, especially if you're young, so. Older people rebuild, too. Sell your assets to him. Sell your fucking rights to the company. Give it all to him and say, hey, uh, buy me out at, I don't know, $40,000. He can get a loan. He wants to run the business. Take the forty grand, move, start anew. You're gonna be fine. Eat a fucking vegetable. Alright, this is Cell Chicago. First time I've ever posted anything like this on any website, so I wouldn't classify this as a huge problem. Just one where my wife and I perhaps share different perspectives and I'm open to listening to feedback. Alright. I'm gonna fucking move through this thing because this thing is long. My wife and I are both young, widowed, and found each other. Young and widowed? How does that happen? We are in a solid relationship seven years. Okay, probably not young. Uh, our blended family is going well. I am a professional and travel extensively on business, and my wife is president of a state chapter of a nonprofit. Blah, blah, blah. Where is your question? All right, you guys probably have some issues, and you fucking feel like she's being weird and then like she's probably thinking that you're being weird and all right fucking paragraph uh, he was taunting me in his text okay so she's cheating on you let me look through this this past weekend my wife was traveling alone with another guy in her organization they were both going to training on the east coast they were going to meet up with other people in the organization when they arrived. I happened to know the guy she was traveling with pretty well. Alright, so... Wife goes on a business trip with a guy you know. Alright, got it. He's married, okay? But it's obvious he likes to give and get attention to and from other women. I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. I was at work Friday and got photos texted from both my wife and this guy at a bar in the airport. Um, he was taunting me in his texts that he was with my wife having drinks, saying she was rubbing his leg and it felt good. Man, women are brave. I wasn't comfortable with it, so I told her in a kind way I told her it bothered me, and I thought it would probably bother her if the situation were reversed. She believes I am being unreasonable. <laughs> That's the go-to. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, no, we're just making out. I mean, you shouldn't, like, you're being unreasonable. Like, you should just let me make out with whoever I want. Oh, yeah, like, we're just fucking. I mean, you're just being very unreasonable. You should let me fuck whoever I want. 
it's two platonic uh, friends having a few drinks, and she can't control him trying to make me jealous. Uh, so just looking for other perspectives. I'm not a prude. I like to have fun, but I've always tried to maintain. Dude, I don't know. <sighs> She's fucking brave, though. Her hand is on his leg in an airport, and she takes a picture of it, and she sends it to you? Um, that's a power move, in my opinion. She's trying to dominate you, it seems. I mean, that's the way I interpret this message, so. Don't be a bitch. I mean, fucking, are you guys, you guys are married here? Uh, yep, my wife. I don't know, like, that seems like a lot of drama for me, um. I'm divorced, so I feel much happier divorced than in the toxic relationship I was in. So, um, if you feel as where wherever your divorce line, if this crosses that line, and or it builds up to that and then crosses the line, I say get divorced. It's better to be divorced than absolutely fucking living in hell now that doesn't mean you will have be unhappy at times in a relationship no relationship is perfect but there's a major difference between being unhappy and living in absolute hell if you like if you're in absolute hell you need to get out um it's because it's hard to rebuild from that but if you're just kind of unhappy and you can kind of figure out your happiness in the relationship, then stay. Um, yeah, so you're a fucking call. From Sale, Chicago. Um, nope, I just read this one. Didn't I just read this one? Yep, no, it's posted twice. Moving on. From Barba. I've been dating this guy for a year. It does not seem like much, but we've known each other longer. We were best friends for several years before actually going out and have a complicated history. I have never had a relationship like this one. He is my everything. <laughs> and then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on. I am emotionally dependent on him. Of course you are. If they're your everything. When we started dating, he had told me how much he wanted a career in the military. Oh yes, finally something I'm gonna like. Before getting into a relationship with him, I was in a never-ending war with my parents because they never let me do what I worked for. Is there an age here? Nope, no age. Um, I wanted to go to a good college or study abroad. Yeah, everybody wants to do that. So when he first asked my opinion about the situation, I couldn't tell him not to go when I knew how bad it feels to not do what you want. Okay, so he wants to go to the military, but you kind of don't want him to go, but you don't want to stop him from doing what he wants to do. Got it. When he signed the papers to join the military, I cried like a baby for two weeks. Two weeks of crying? That's a lot of crying. And I couldn't focus on him and his company but instead in the fact that my time with him is limited and that's not limited you know, it's weird because we send a lot of people to basic training and people act like oh they're gonna die like they're not gonna they're gonna be right back they're gonna be gone for six and they're gonna be right fucking back dude six months goes like that 
It's really fast. Um, but the hysteria that encompasses people leaving is, is fucking crazy to see. They're going to be right back. It's going to be fine. You can talk to any deployer that deployed multiple times. Like, it's everything is going to be okay. Like, you will look back on it and be like, oh, that was fast, right? It was weird. I, like, disappeared for five minutes and then it came right back with X amount of money. So, anyway. We have talked about it. If we are sure we want to wait for each other. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Oh, it's so funny. We have talked about it. Okay, I, I can't read that sentence again. In around four weeks, he is leaving, and I won't speak to him or see him or have any contact with him for three months. Then he will come back for 10 days and leave and talk to him only weekends for a month. Then we can communicate freely, and he will visit every three months for four years. Okay, that's something wrong. Uh, after his college, tech school, whatever, technical training, they go to a base... And you could probably follow them to that base. They will be in some kind of condo of some sort, or they may live off base and get a, some money to live off base. Uh, so yeah, that I don't accept that sentence. Just thinking of that breaks my heart and makes me feel so weak. I don't know if I'm strong enough for this. Oh, this fucking girl is 17, 18. I'm going to fucking... Okay, but I love him too much to break up with him. I won't find someone like him or have a relationship like this one. Yep, he is the one and only, and if you don't get involved with him, you will die alone. That's a fact, right? I just can't handle it anymore, and I've been crying nonstop, but he can't back down now. Do you fucking leave? What is the problem? You stupid fucking barba. It's not even Barbara, it's Barba, B-A-R-B-A. -A. Man. Sometimes I just want someone to tell me that we will make it and that everything is going to be fine. Okay, you'll make it and everything's going to be fine. That was a, man, that question started really good and I was excited to answer a question about, you know, a troop or something, but you're just kind of being fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fucking go for a swim. Anime Fun 17. Lately, I've been feeling really sad. Man, lately, these questions are making me feel sad. I want to talk about my issues with my best friend, but I don't want to burden her with my problems. Recently, an old friend of mine came back from South Korea. He's in the military. We've been friends for more than five years. So I consider him to be my best and only guy friend. When we were young, we worked together as paid volunteers and we became friends because our personalities fit together. Ah, nice. He goes on tour to Korea and comes back and reconnects with you. That's so far. I like this. In 2012, I began to catch, of course, catch feelings for him, but I wasn't too sure if I was really in love with him or just lonely. Quickly coming out of that mix up, I confessed to him and told him I like him more than a friend. What shocked me was to find out that he always had feelings for me. My mother and a few co-workers knew this, but I didn't. So from there, we hit it off pretty good until now. I mentioned before that he's back in town, but I'm happy because we've been in love since he's been away. Blah, blah, blah. 
Alright, where's... The sex is amazing, but our communication... It's funny. I just, like, scanned through, and my eyes just honed in on the word sex. <laughs> when I scan through these paragraphs, I don't know where I'm gonna end up, but it's just my eyes went, Sex! Sex is amazing! Like, I just honed in on that. Uh, I don't know why. That's just the fucking dude in me, I guess. Alright, sex is good, communication sucks, got it. This past week has been hard for me because I haven't heard from him. The week before that we spent a whole weekend together making love and having fun, but I guessed I messed up by not having a real sit down and talk with him. I'm not sure if he even loves me anymore. Alright, I became pregnant, had a miscarriage. He went back to his Korea and he had another miscarriage alone that time. Uh, to this very day, I blame myself for the miscarriage. That's normal. Women um, tend to blame themselves. Um, because I lifted up something heavy, but when I talk to him about it, he blows me off. Okay, so maybe he's mad, but he shouldn't blame you. I mean, shit just happens sometimes. Um, to make matters worse, my mom is done talking to me. Why not? She won't even look at me. My mother thinks I'm being a slut for sleeping with this guy and spending my nights with him just for some piece of ass. I tried telling her that I might not see him for the next two to five years because where he will be stationed at next. Two to five years? You can visit him. I'm not sure anymore. Maybe I'm a slut for putting his feelings first before my own. Sometimes I get angry knowing I'm not like his ex-girlfriend who was in the military and can relate to him more. I want to tell him what's going through my mind, but I feel like if I do, I might break down and cry. I don't want to be considered a jealous bitch or an emotional wreck. I cry every day because I'm sacrificing everything for this man that might not love me anymore. Men call me beautiful. They tell me I have a great personality and for him to be lucky to have me. Yes, I gained a little weight, but he loves a thick woman so don't mind the weight gain. What is your question? I have one health flaw that he knows. But everything else, I'm considered well put together. I'm the perfect woman for him. Hell, even his mother loves me. What is wrong with me? I don't want him to leave me. I don't know what to do. Alright, this is a simple fix. You lack confidence. Um, you seem like a naggy, whiny, needy fucking girl. You need to, you need to fix your life. And he will, he, if he really wants you, uh, a confident girl will attract the right man back to you. So girls that focus on themselves uh, usually get a quality dude because you've had two miscarriages and, and I could never relate to what that's like. But you cannot just beat yourself up and fucking give up. You gotta... You gotta get back up. You have to... Uh, Buster Douglas got the fuck back up and fought and won against Mike Tyson. So, he was the biggest underdog, I think, in combat sports history. So, you need to... You need to get back up, dust off, and fucking push forward. Um... That's the only way to do this. So you cannot... If you're just crying every day and it's not attractive, he's not going to want what he perceives to be a crazy girl who he has weird history with. So if you just fucking lace up your boots and just keep on trucking, uh, 
It doesn't say what you do here or anything. Prove everyone wrong. You have a perfect opportunity to break through all the barriers necessary to win your mom back over, to win this dude back over. Um, yeah, that's the best advice. When, when, you, when people kick you down and you have an opportunity to wallow in self-loathe and pity, when you get back up and 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 kind of get your shit back together, that is the best fuck you to everyone. There's no greater fuck you than that. Uh, success and putting yourself back together. Everyone loves a comeback story. That That will be the best thing you can do here, so... Yes, sir. Um, all right. Hi. Okay, this is uh, Bright Lights 107. Long story short, I've been in a relationship with a military man for two years. Everything was great until he went to Afghanistan for four months. Air Force, I'll assume. Since he came back, I find he is extremely emotionally unavailable. Okay, that's normal. He never asks how my day was, how I am, how my new job is going. I find it depressing how he does not take an interest in my life anymore. I do know he still loves me and wants to be with me because he states how he would like to have kids with me in the future. However, he never opens up to anyone. Okay. He has also opened up to me about events that happened while he was in Afghanistan. The sex is great, but I am starting to find his physical touch is empty. There's no affection behind it. I do not feel loved in a relationship and many times I thought about ending the relationship. I love him or I love the person he used to be and I want to help him. He has been seeing a therapist since he returned. However, nothing has changed or progressed. I feel he will never go back to the person he was and I cannot stay with him if it will be like this forever. Does anyone have any experience with this? I would appreciate any advice. All right. This one is simple as well. Vets that deploy. The best thing you can do for vets that deployed is to put them around other vets that deployed. One major problem I see when people deploy and come back, especially when it comes to multiple deployments, is, is, is they go back into they immediately get immersed into uh, norms that they are not prepared for. They need to ease back into societal norms. And what I mean by that is, you're, this is the way I like to explain it. When someone deploys, it is likely that they'll be working six days a week, seven days a week, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, um, they may be wearing gear, they may be armed up, they may be in high-stress environments. Um, they, may, they may be in a certain um, unit that is minimum manned and one person has to do multiple jobs and uh, the responsibility that they have is just completely insane. So, what happens is you send... Not you, but we send people get deployed and 
they get a sense of responsibility, they get a sense of purpose, their job is very important, what they do is very important, um, and they get some type of fulfillment via their duties, okay? Now, when they come home, oftentimes the transition is terrible because they get that sense of duty and we throw them back into like whatever normal normal i don't know norms that they had before and that sense of duty so they they, they go from a very high to just a a drop that not a lot of people can relate to right so you go back home and you get all this free time you're on leave it's like vacation and that drop in responsibility uh is a, is a is a big one and people don't know how to deal with it. This is why people want to deploy again, not because they love being in 140 degrees with all their gear on. It's because they they look back on deployment with a sense of nostalgia based on the sense of purpose, camaraderie, and uh, sense of duty. Let's say so. You need to put him around other vets. Um, that's step one. He needs to get into some kind of like maybe once a week. He hangs out with his buddies and they talk about the, the deployment and maybe like the way they feel uh, people deploy nowadays. Maybe like political, political or philosophical discussions about the war in the Middle East or terrorism or um whatever so that's the way i interpret what's happening uh when i view people coming home from deployments um so that's step one step two is he needs a sense of purpose again he needs a sense of duty when vets come home and they don't have that they may go to alcohol which lead which can lead to depression and or they may go to drugs. I've seen some go straight to fucking drugs and then get kicked out of the military because they pissed hot. So, yeah. Uh, put them around vets, people that can understand what's happening. People can relate to that person and uh, figure out a way to give him a sense of purpose, sense of duty, sense of responsibility again. All right. This one's from Marine1234. Me and a wife have been having problems for a while. The day before, I left for three months for TAD, temporary assignment duty for the Marine Corps. We got into a heated argument, and she ended punching me in the face. That's not cool. At that moment, I knew we needed major help in order for things to work. Well, I left for three months, and we decided to work on ourselves while we were gone. Now I'm back, but she's still upstate at home. Upstate, I'm guessing New York. Working and saving money before she comes back. I got a phone call from my mother telling me that she's telling people in the club that she's single. Oh, man, I remember that phone call that I got. Um, yeah. I called my wife to find out about it, and she says it's a lie, and she's going to speak to my mother about it. And my sister, who's supposedly... All right, so she's probably cheating on you. Right? Um, fucking skipping through. He sends me the Facebook chat. 
of what everyone is saying. The sister is saying, fuck with my family and I will make you regret the day you were born, bitch. Little girl don't know who she's messing with. Then the wife says, okay, it's like text messages. No, motherfucker, you don't know who the fuck you fucking with. Go find French toast. What? Remember the guy you were trying to leave my bar with? Oh, the sister works in a bar and she's trying to fuck French toast. Man, French toast sounds good right now. Ha, you real cute. You're real mature. Let's just settle this. We can find a place and I give you that first class ass beating. <laughs> yeah, I like your wife, man. She's fucking good. I guess you can't leave that stripping life alone. Oh, your sister's a stripper? Get the fuck out of here. You're a joke. You trying to play me and I was the one take your bum ass to work every day and take you home. I'm the reason you got your check, bitch. Bye. Oh, I love the drama. Sister says, learn to spell, simple bitch. You came to the bar dressed like a whore with your belly and ass hanging out with no wedding ring. Trying to fuck my friend. You drove me to work to repay for me letting you live in my house. Bitch, it's not your house, you dumb fuck. <laughs> oh man, I just want to read this. That's too many my podcast. I should just have a bunch of text messages of people going back and forth and just share it with everyone because this is just fucking classic. I pay rent unlike you. I'm the only reason you had a place to sleep here. You read what the fuck I wrote. I'm done talking. Come get that ass whooping. And if you can't do that, I'll gladly come to your work and fuck you up. Alright. There's no question here. This was just a fun read. I'm in a bad place right now between either choosing my family or my wife. <sighs> Man, you gotta go with the wife. I think she beat your sister on the text message game. But... Um... If there's some truth to your wife being crazy, then you gotta choose your family. Okay. I'm just looking for other people's opinion on this. Should I stay with her or get a divorce? I'm going back to seek counseling tomorrow so I can have some professional help. Alright. Your wife and sister hate each other and it doesn't seem like they'll ever get along, so... I don't know, man. I don't know what you should do, but... You should definitely have them in a room together and you should mediate it. And if that doesn't work, you should kind of like arbitrate it and uh, bring more people in and unfuck your family situation. Okay, last question. Steph Weaver 80 I was out at the pub playing pool with my boyfriend. I went to take a shot and accidentally hit a woman with my cue. She turned around and I apologized, but she started getting aggressive. My boyfriend, Steve, asked her to stop, but she said, What are you going to do about it? And started moving towards him. This girl writes really well. He pushed her away, but she came back and punched him in the face. Your boyfriend got punched in the face at the pool hall. He was knocked out from that punched and collapsed on the floor like a dead weight <laughs> she laughed and walked off all right first of all you don't have a boyfriend you have a girlfriend everyone in the pub saw i ran over to steve but he was out cold 
I was pale and had wet. Oh, he was pale and had wet himself. So he got knocked out publicly by a girl and then pissed himself. Yikes! We called an ambulance, and he was still unconscious by the time we got to. How he was unconscious for how long? Probably, he probably was more damaged by the fall than the actual punch, especially if he hit the back of his head where the cerebellum is. I could tell the nurses were talking about him and almost laughing about what had happened. One nurse asked a psychologist to come over, and she waited with me. Eventually, after an hour or so, he came to an hour being unconscious from a punch. Man, that guy probably has some serious shit happening. He didn't remember what had happened. I will never forget the look on his face when he was told he'd been knocked out cold for over an hour by a girl. He was in a hospital overnight because of how long he had been out. He did nothing wrong and was standing up for me, but I'm so embarrassed and turned off because a little girl knocked him unconscious with a single punch. He keeps saying she caught him by surprise, but he pushed her and he watched her walk back up to him. I want a man who can protect me, not one who is a laughing stock in our town. Alright, so your options are clear. Move the fuck out of town or get over yourself. Or leave him. So three options. Pretty simple. Alright, I'm an hour and five minutes. Uh, a dude got knocked out by a girl. His girlfriend now hates him. Um, but life is good. So, yeah. Um... I think I'm going to leave now. It's almost 10.30 at night. Uh, I got another early morning and a long weekend and a fucking long week and moving and... My life's busy. Your life's busy. Everyone's life is busy. Uh, get your shit together. Here's Ed Dupas, Promised Land. We gotta help each other because we're here alone in the universe and nobody cares. Goodbye.
town to town, job to job, and heart to heart, and it seems so far to go, but it's closer than you know. So start opening doors and find out where they go, 'cause it's a long. 